Welcome to the Contracting Officer Podcast. It's not just for contracting officers. If you're anywhere in the government acquisition world, this podcast is for you. Today, we're talking how people with different roles in the acquisition world may not completely understand how what they do impacts others in the process. This podcast is brought to you by Skyway Acquisition. Visit skywayacq.com to learn more. Okay, let's get started. Today, we're talking about government contracting in terms of, of three, I'd say, focus areas, but but we're going to use it a triangle because I know you love triangles, Kevin. Simplicity of the triangle. We're going to say three sides of the government contracting triangle. And the way we're going to talk about it is the pre-award area, the post-award area, and then the infrastructure required to support the pre-award and the post-award areas. Yeah, all three of these matter, but but to different people and at different times. And most people in government contracting don't deal with all three, uh, or at least they don't excel in, in all three. Before we get into the what and why of the three sides of the GovCon triangle, let's stop and say thanks. Thanks this week goes to Jeff Sperry. Jeff is a, he's a web developer and, and a wizard of all things IT. But in his spare time, for eight years now, <laughs> Jeff has ensured that our podcast gets uh, posted it's on, on our, our website as well as published for everyone to hear. Plus, and this is my favorite part about Jeff, is he picks the image that goes on each podcast episode. Those are great. <laughs> yeah, they're awesome. And, and many of our podcast listeners actually have commented on how entertaining some of the images are. And that's all Jeff, because Jeff's not a GovCon person. He's, he's a web developer, right? So he picks ones that relate to him. And to see some examples of, of how entertaining they are, go to episode 311 and uh, 123. <laughs> the the uh, broad agency announcement episode is one of my favorite pictures. Thanks, Jeff. We really appreciate your help all these years in making sure our podcasts get posted every time for almost 400 episodes now. When, <laughs> wow. When you've been on vacation, in the middle of the night, when I forget to do something, right? He keeps me on track. Uh, he really is an unsung hero of the Contracting Officer podcast. So thanks, Jeff. We really appreciate it. We don't say that enough. All right, back to the three sides of the GovCon triangle, Kevin. We have pre-award activities, post-award activities, and infrastructure activities. Those are the three areas, the three sides of the triangle. So the pre-award, that's all the stuff that can be tied to a specific eventual contract or, or a broad agency announcement or a SIBR or a purchase order, something that results in a contract. All the stuff that happens before formal signature. Post-award is all the stuff that can be tied to a specific contract, you know, the same list, but, but this is all the stuff that happens after award. So before award, after award. And then there's infrastructure, which is everything else. Everything else required to win business or buy something, the pre-award, to deliver something or manage that that uh, contract process. Let's dive deeper into each of them before I just ramble on about the infrastructure. The important thing to remember here is that each one of these is a different skill set. Yeah. And it's usually different people. And part of why that's three sides of a triangle is that we don't necessarily know what's happening in those other groups or have any awareness of it or realize how complicated they could be. Yeah, that, that for, for real. I, I definitely did not have insight into it until I joined a small business and became all, all three of them at, at once, right? <laughs> right. So exactly. Let, let's dive in a little bit to pre-award activities here. You, you gave a whole list of, of you know, all the stuff 
tied to a tied to getting a contract awarded before signature. Let's separate it between the that all the stuff on the government side and all the stuff on the industry side, related but different. On the government side, th- this includes developing the requirement, uh, doing market research that's then tied to that requirement. The I call them the RFX activities, you know, RFI, RFP, draft RFP, all, all of that stuff. And then there's evaluating the proposals, there's evaluation notices, there's actually awarding the contract, and then there's the debriefings and the protests, potentially. <laughs> there's all hopefully that. Hopefully not all the Those are things. You know, hopefully not, but you know, it happens. But all of those things that, that, that the government is doing before award. Yeah, getting getting the money, right? Making sure that there's budget lined up to buy whatever you want. That All that has to happen before you can award anything. On the industry side, it's it's sort of like the the... Mirror image. Mirror image. That's where I was going. I, I locked up there. Everything you just said, right? There's there's targeting your customers. There's shaping the award, right? Remember, this is a specific contract. This isn't the whole world of things that you could you could sell. This is specifically for this sale. And, and making sure that the customer has funding. But, but that's one of those yeah, you, things that the industry is making sure happens that as a content officer, I, did, I didn't think about that. Yeah. But those are the things that the 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 person who wants to win a contract, they should be aware of whether or not this contract is going to be funded and how so. Yeah, and the bigger it is, the more the industry is actually involved in making sure things are funded, you know, all the way up to the congressional level. Yeah, that's a that's a whole different rabbit trail. Right. right. Pre-award industry has specific jobs like proposal management, making sure we submit a compliant proposal. The proposal part is the big activity for the, for the contracting people at this point. But the the people that are going to actually build the thing, deliver it, whatever, may not be involved at, at all. And even some of those ancillary elements that happen right at the end of the pre-award, like a debriefing. And then, and then, like you said, now you're starting to look at, oh, we've won the contract, we've awarded the contract, and now we have the, the next half of the work to do which is the post award. Right. Then it shifts to this, the next side of the GovCon triangle of Kevin's GovCon <laughs> triangle is post award. This is everything that happens that's tied to a specific award, specific contract after it's signed. On the government side, what's going on? In, in theory, you're starting with an award announcement because all the people that didn't win need to know, right? But you have a kickoff meeting. You have to train the contracting officer representative if there is one. Where's that initial funding? Where's the actual, in, in the case of the Air Force, where's the Form 9? <laughs> you know, like we, we have to have all of this de- all this funding laid out. Who's going to manage the contract? What is the DFAS office if it's a defense financial and accounting services? Who's going to pay it? Contract? Yeah. Who's going to pay it? Then there's the delivery management. Like We have to make sure everybody understands where is the thing or the service going to be delivered. I mean, the people who talked about that during pre-award may not be the same people. So now we have to brief all the people who are going to manage the contract to say, yes, this is this is being delivered to this location on this date. It it's going to be accepted on site or accepted at, at you know, the contractor's facility. All of those things, and then you get into the performance process and the and things like the contractor performance assessment reporting system, the CPARS reports, and all of the things that happen after award, up to and including closing the contract out, which could be you know five years from now. Yeah, and industries on the other side preparing for a kickoff meeting, getting ready to perform, getting their suppliers together, getting subcontracts issued, hiring people maybe, tracking performance, trying to retain, you know, employer retention, trying to retain all the people they need to perform, delivering all the deliverables. It's it's not just 
deliver this this widget, deliver this box. A lot of time there's paperwork, C drills they call it, contract data requirements list. list. The, mm-hmm. the the actual list of paperwork you have to deliver with your products or or along the way to delivering your products. There's contract clauses that require reporting during contract performance. Everything related to this contract, delivering on this contract, up to and including, like you said, Kevin, contract closeout at the end. There's a formal process, not not for maybe delivering a widget. You deliver it, they pay you, it's over with. But for larger contracts, there's a formal con- formal process to close out that contract and say, all right, it's officially done. And, and it's important to you kind of pull the string on that. If it's a large contract, this list is completely understood. There's probably a person that's responsible for just the seed rules, right? But a smaller contract or even like a CIFAT acquisition procedure, some of these things still apply, but there's still a activity associated with post-award. You still have to make sure that you deliver. You still have some of these elements. So understanding the degree of how long the list is <laughs> and how many different people are responsible for it. That can change on the size of the contract. But at the end of the day, these are post-award activities, which are different than pre-award activities. All right. The third side of the GovCon triangle, call it infrastructure. This is everything else required to support your mission if you're on the government side or run your business if you're on the industry side, including grand strategy, including the big picture of what you're trying to accomplish, not the specific contract, but everything else. On the government side, this this is training, all the different training that goes into <laughs> the acquisition team. And then for that matter, all the folks that, that touch a contract, it's a, it can be listening sessions that, that, that uh, government folks will have with industry, all the small business program director events that they go to uh, that are not tied to a specific contract. I even thought about, I go to like a government conference and you'll see a booth with a government IDIQ contract that they're branding and marketing, trying to get you to get in the government folks to use that contract. Yeah. So there's some advertising going on on the government side because some of these contracts are self-funded, right? That's not tied to an individual task order on that contract. It's a vehicle. That's an infrastructure item. And then you have the small business outreach, the, the long-term acquisition plans that a lot of agencies do industry conferences, all of this stuff isn't tied to an individual contract, but it matters. And it's part of the government interacting with, with industry and somebody's got to do it. <laughs> and you don't necessarily interact with, with folks that are doing the different pieces of it when you're in the other two uh, sides of the triangle. On the industry side, there there's sort of, sort of their counterparts to these things, but there's so much more going on to run the business. It's not just branding and advertising and training your people. It's understanding your market building relationships within your industry, big picture business development could be lobbying. It's even like accounting, right? Get it, paying the bills, getting the bills paid. Who, who, who makes sure the electric bills paid so that the lights stay on, right? Not related to a specific contract, but it's got to be done. You may have quality people or safety people that are, are over the whole business that it's necessary for a specific contract, but it's not there just for that contract. The point we're trying to make here is there's three separate areas that may have completely separate people involved in them. And it doesn't matter whether you're on the government or industry side, you may not be aware of all of the complications involved in each of these areas in pre-award, post-award, and in the infrastructure, the, the big picture. Oftentimes we get really good at our side of the triangle. 
And as a result, we, we don't know what's going on, on the other side and we get even further detached from it. And we think it's not as important right. <laughs> or as impactful. And the things that I didn't know that I didn't know as a contracting officer, a lot of them were about, I'll just pick an example, the amount of work it takes to be an HR manager in government contracting. Like this triangle, the reason we're saying it's a GovCon triangle, what it takes to be a government contractor in all three sides is different than what it takes to be a commercial contractor. Yeah. These, they still apply, but they're, they're, the concept of the triangle still applies. But the infrastructure of being a government contractor is not the same as being a commercial contractor. <laughs> no, it's, it's more. It's a surprise. It's, it's, not, surprise. it's, not, it's yeah. not less. <laughs> All right, Kevin. That shouldn't be a surprise, I guess. No. <laughs> All right, Kevin, we always talk about government contracting in terms of the acquisition time zones and the execution time zones. This is what we're talking about here. The pre-award Requirements zone, market research zone, RFP zone, selection zone, contract is awarded, moves to post-award, right? Could be different people entirely. Honeymoon zone, performance zone, recompete zone, wrap-up zone, which is that contract closeout. None of those happen without the infrastructure, without that third side of the triangle, the supporting infrastructure, right? This is how the government delivers on its mission requirements, the big picture, not just one contract. And this is how companies stay in business, operate their businesses. And if you're new to the podcast and you're not familiar with the acquisition and execution time zones, we cover those in episode number three and episode 372, respectively. Let's talk about the people that that are active on each side of the triangle. So there, we talked about the three deciders way back in episode 118. These are three groups of people. There's the economic decider that decides if the contract is going to happen. There's a the customer who decides what the contract is for, they get the requirement, they want the stuff. And then there's the contracting officer or the group that supports the contracting officer, and they decide how are we going to buy this. On the industry side, the contracting officer might be the, the procurement department or the, the, the uh, subcontracts manager or, or the buyer. All three deciders are required for every acquisition because you got to have money, you got to have a requirement, and you got to have a way to actually take the money from the economic decider and buy it, the this, this stuff that the customer needs. So all three of these are needed. So in context of this GovCon triangle, they're impacted in different ways. On the pre-award side of the triangle, all three government deciders are involved. And industry is certainly involved in pre-award too. We've talked, we've talked on almost every podcast about the importance of being involved early in targeting and shaping. Contracting officers may not be involved as much or at all in the very, very early parts of pre-award. When the customer, when the mission is talking about what are my requirements? What do I need to complete my mission? And the money people are talking about what budget we need to support the mission. Contracting officer may not even know that's going on. But at the end of the pre-award process, once you get through market research and releasing an RFP, the contracting officer is, is really leading the process by then. Yeah, the, the economic decider just wants to know that the money is going to be used. The customer just wants to know that the contract's going to be awarded and they're going to get their stuff. So at that point, at the end of the pre-award side of the triangle, the contracting officer is, the, is going to be the most involved. But all three are involved in some way during the pre-award. Yeah. Post-award, all three may be involved, but the economic decider is really not, not as active, right? The money still has to be there, but unless it's a really long-term contract that requires incremental funding, funding along the way, or multi-year funding. Once the contract is awarded, the economic decider is pretty much out of the picture. The contracting officer may be out of the picture 
if it's a very simple contract. If the contract goes exactly as planned, because, you know, that happens a lot. Yeah, well, if it's just, I want to buy 10 of these things, deliver them, right? Once the contracting officer signs the contract, it's True. delivered, it's over. It may not be that big of a deal for contracts, folks. But most of the stuff that we talk about, most of the stuff we spent our careers in on the government side, contracting officers were very involved post-award. But it might not be the same contracting officer that was involved in the pre-award. Right. In fact, that often, in my career, it hardly ever was. I, I administered few contracts that I awarded myself. Same thing happens on the industry side. There's a whole group of people involved in winning work. We talked about that business development people, marketing people, proposal managers, proposal development, all those type of people. Once the contract is awarded, they're on to the next, right? They're not involved in actually delivering what they sold. So hopefully hopefully they're tied in with the people that have to deliver it so they didn't sell something or, or bid on something that's impossible to deliver. <laughs> There's a risk in there, but that's, a, again, hold a whole different topic. The third side of the triangle may be completely separate people. The folks involved in supporting the larger mission or making sure the company runs may not be tied at all to a specific contract, either winning it or, or buying it or delivering it. Completely separate group of people, but just as important to the overall process. As a contracting officer, I, I had little context on what was involved on the industry side of the infrastructure. Unless it was tied to a specific contract, I wasn't touching it. I was busy awarding and, and managing contracts. So all the things that, that a company is doing that aren't related to an individual contract, I had little context of. Yeah, and I probably did tons of things that made it harder for them to run their business as a contracting officer because I wasn't quite aware until I got on the other side and worked for a small business and, and found out all of the things that need to be done just to be able to bid on work and to deliver on, on government contracts. It's very similar if you're a software developer on the industry side. You probably have little interaction with or interest in, in your company's accounts receivable department, right? They're, they're, super important that they're making sure you get paid for the work you do. But if you're developing the software, you may not know who they are or how they, how they work or how anything big picture impacts their ability to get the company paid. Different people. All right, Kevin, wrap up thoughts on, on why as, as a government acquisition person that, that you care about the, these three separate areas. On the pre-award side of the triangle, this, for me personally, this was my focus. I spent the bulk of my career running source selections and awarding contracts. In fact, it's still where I do most of my focus. On the post-award side, for me, I hand that off. That I handed most of my contract management, the post-award stuff, to on the larger contracts, an administrative contracting officer, or even to another contracting officer in, in our office who managed contracts after award. I managed a few. I mean, there was one, six years into my career, I picked up a contract and I was actually learning what this is like. But I really, until then, didn't get the complexity of, of contract management. In fact, you and I did episode 352. <laughs> that was my ode to how complicated post-award can be if you're not aware of it. And then on the infrastructure side of the triangle, these activities aren't tied to a specific or, or future contract. Therefore, I, I spent little time on them. 
because my, my role is to execute contracts. So I execute the requirements that our customer needed. Therefore, I didn't realize how much time my customer and the economic decider spent on that infrastructure side. They're out with the strategy. They're out building all these, infra- these infrastructure elements that we talked about. That's a lot of what the other two deciders do. And as a contracting officer, it's a lot of stuff that you that's happening you might not even know about. When you're in that government acquisition part of the world, sometimes you forget that most of the people that work for the government aren't in the acquisition world, right? They're not, they're not just buying <laughs> stuff. They're getting the work done. They're accomplishing the mission of, of the government, of their department, of their agency. They're not involved in buying stuff. Yeah. For industry folks, they're, they're same segments occur, right? Pre-award is how you win new work, business development, targeting, writing proposals, sales. This is understanding how the government could buy from you on a specific contract and winning. Post-award is delivery. This is, this is how you make money, right? You deliver the products or the services that are required and get paid. It's very common, just like you talked about, Kevin, where you are on the awarding the contract side of the game and then you would hand it off to, to another contracting officer. On the industry side, once once something is sold or won, the team that executes it may have none of the people that, that won it. There may, there may be some, but, but very few. And they don't necessarily understand how each other work. And the infrastructure side, big picture strategy, business strategy, operations, right? Your, your, your tax accounting department, right? <laughs> if it's not tied to a specific contract, these folks don't even really know that pre-award and post-award activities are going on. It, it doesn't, doesn't cross their minds at all, right? I did not understand how this worked until I left the government to go work for a small government contractor. And suddenly I became pre-award, post-award and infrastructure, right? They were all three my job. Yeah. That that's the reality, right? For small businesses, the, the people are the same as you scale, as your business gets bigger, you get more specialized people whose whole jobs are in these areas. The government I think is mostly like that across the board where People are in one of these three areas, or maybe in some places they cross between pre-award and post-award, completely separate in the government side. On the industry side, for small businesses especially, it's all one big job. So for the Skyway team, like we're a bunch of former contracting officers. And so the, the three sides of the triangle, the pre-award, post-award, and the infrastructure, several of us are really good at the pre-award. That's where I live. That's where um, Vicky lives. You know, all former contracting officers on the post award side didn't do as much of that. Angela, Joe, and Shelly, again former contracting officers, they live in there. When it comes to infrastructure, we have partners that we relate to. We we when somebody says, "I need help understanding how accounting works in a government contract," export control or exactly. We're going to send you to Wayne Leland. We're going to send you to other people who he was on a podcast a while ago, but that's the idea. I, I realized this as a contracting officer, not only did I not understand all this, but we are really good at the first two, but the infrastructure, there's a whole industry that helps companies with that because it's so different than the pre-award and post-award. That's a good point, Kevin. I think because during the acquisition process and during the official contract execution process, the contracting officer is sort of the focal point of communication back and forth between industry and the government. Industry folks sometimes don't understand how how limited of a worldview that most many, I mean, I'll say most, most contracting officers have a very limited worldview 
by nature, that's it's their job to focus on this, not all the rest of it. Even though you have to ask them the questions, everything has to flow through them, don't expect that they're going to know all the answers. And so when, when, when they're not answering you or it takes a while, it's not because they don't like you or, or because they're incompetent. It's because they have to figure out the answer through, through the maze of infrastructure on their side, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, the, the, the number when somebody asked me is this is this contract going to require ITAR compliance and why? Okay, well the first part I can answer yes or no, but the why I don't know. I have to go ask the yeah. ITAR the ITAR guy. So yeah, that's a that's a whole different conversation. That's a whole different conversation we should not have on this episode. So exactly. So with that, I'll talk to you later, Kevin. Okay, I'll see you, Paul. Thanks for joining us for another episode of the Contracting Officer Podcast. You can find podcast playlists organized by broad topic areas on the Skyway site at skywayacq.com slash COP for Contracting Officer Podcast. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.